Well, I do not remember the name of the restaurant, but I do remember that they had uh, paper placemats, and on the back of the placemats, they had what we used to call the seek and find puzzles. Okay, you remember those? Of course you do. Um, They're still around. This was better to me than the Cracker Barrel, you know, tease game, because that always frustrates me anyway. Um, How many tees can you get left? I have like eight at the end somehow. Um, I don't know if that's possible. The thing where you play tic-tac-toe, you know, that's cool too. Uh, Or the the coloring page that you get, and you know, and it has the crayons, all that stuff. No, I was the word find kid. I really loved those. We we thought it was great when we would get them in school, um, and they would hand them out, and they'd say go, and you would race and see who could find them first. <clears throat> uh, one of the praise team people who will remain unnamed, Annette Mazzoli, said that um, she she liked to when her kids would get word finds, she would come over and say, "Do you need any help with that?" You know, and uh, see because she loves them too. So I, I think you really know that you're good at word finds when you are the master of finding the backwards and diagonal words. Right? Those are the cool words. You find one of those, you're like, I am a word find master. Yes, I've arrived. It's interesting that we have been created with kind of this longing to discover things. And uh, that's obviously from God. And so we like games like hide and seek and word find puzzles, uh, especially if there's an opportunity to have some kind of victory at the end. So... Without question, the greatest discovery of all is God. Because when you find God, you win. And we, we see God in things like his incredible physical creation. But we also discover God when we seek him using some spiritual tools that he has given to us. This week we're going to find Jesus in our VBS. Very excited about it. Hundreds of kids are going to discover that Jesus is the good shepherd, that he is the light, he is the way, he's the truth, he is the life. And so we thank all of you who have been helping to make VBS possible. It is a wonderful thing to see generations seeking and serving together. If you have a Bible uh, or are using an electronic version of it, Um, Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Here in this longest of texts that we have about uh, Jesus' teaching, we discover something um, as Jesus talks to us about this idea of seeking and finding. And we see it in Matthew chapter 7. And we're just going to look at two verses today. Very simple but profound teaching from Jesus. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And Jesus uses three simple words to paint a picture for us. To ask, and to seek, and to knock. And he says, ask, and it will be given. This is basically saying pray. Now, there are some people define three elements of prayer. One of the elements is listening. 
One of the elements is noticing. And the third element is the one that we most often think of as prayer, which is speaking. Whether that's in praise to God or more commonly in our requests to God. And as we saw last week, we are told that you're supposed to present your requests to God. That's part of prayer. What, that, what Jesus is saying here, though, is not that God is some kind of magic lamp and that whatever you ask, you're going to give. But he is saying you do need to ask. The second thing he says is seek and you will find. Now, if you want to find something, you can either sit down and just hope it somehow appears, or you can start looking. There's no guarantee that you're going to find something just because you're looking for it, but there is a guarantee that if you don't look, you're not going to find it. And then Jesus says, knock, and the door will be opened. Now, if a door is locked and you don't have a key, what might be a really good way to get that door to open? I mean, you could go get a tank or a battering ram, but it might just be a really good idea to just knock. Because if someone's on the other side, it's quite likely that they'll open the door for you. So Jesus says, knock, and the door will be opened. Seek, and you will find. Ask, and it will be given to you. Now, what do these three phrases have in common? Well, obviously, they all say something will happen. But there's another thing about these phrases that precedes that. Before the response comes the request. Before giving comes asking. Before finding comes seeking. Before opening comes knocking. Jesus says, pursue the heart of God and you will discover him. Now we seek God in many ways. And if you've talked to anyone who is a Christian for any length and you say, what is a good way for me to grow in my relationship with God? Without exception, I would say, or very close to without exception, you're going to hear you need to pray and read your Bible. And that's absolutely true. Those two are at the top of our list. Life groups and Bible studies and mentoring relationships based on those things are very beneficial as well. But we also pursue God together in worship on a weekly basis. In our weekly worship, we discover God through a variety of spiritual activities. For example, we discover God through praise. Psalm 111, or excuse me, 113, verses 2 and 3 says this, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun and to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. We are so blessed to have a wonderful worship ministry here at Discover. Each week we sing songs based on the Bible that connect us to God. We discover God through prayer. Psalm 66.20 says, Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. As a church body, we have recognized that we need to grow in this area, to grow in prayer. 
And so throughout this year, we have been utilizing and will continue to utilize various personal and corporate prayer tools. Today is called Pentecost Sunday. It's the day the church began as we read in Acts chapter 2. And today is also the global day of prayer. Christians all over the world today are going to be praying the following prayer, all united in the name of Jesus. There's a copy of this prayer uh, that's in your bulletin and an insert. It will also be on the screen. And we're going, to, we're going to pray this prayer together with our brothers and sisters throughout the world. I'm going to read the words that are on the screen in white. And uh, in your bulletin insert, they are the uh, regular type. And then Dan is going to lead us as a congregation in the words that are green, or sorry, blue on the screen. And uh, in your bulletin are printed uh, in bold type. So let's join together in corporate prayer to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we gather with believers all over the world to glorify you as creator of heaven and earth. You alone are holy and righteous. We submit to your authority. We praise and adore you alone. Father, we honor you. Lord Jesus Christ, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. Our Father in heaven, thank you for loving the world so much that you gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be reconciled to you. Fill us with your love as we faithfully intercede for the lost, the hopeless, the helpless, and the world. Thank you, Father, for adopting us into your family. Lord Jesus Christ, you died on the cross and redeemed us to the <clears throat> Father by your blood. You are the head of the church and Lord of all heaven and earth. Let your kingdom be established in every nation of the world. Bring transformation among peoples of all tribes and languages so that righteousness and justice will prevail. May your name be great from the rising of the sun to its setting. Jesus Christ, you are Lord of all. Father of mercy and grace, we have sinned. Our world is gripped by the power of sin. Our hearts are grieved by injustice, hatred, and violence. We are shamed by oppression, racism, and bloodshed in our land. We mourn all loss of life in murder, war, and terrorism. Our homes are broken and our churches divided by rebellion and pride. Our lives are polluted by selfishness, greed, idolatry, and sexual sin. God of mercy, forgive our sins. Pour out your grace and heal our land. Spirit of the living God, transform your church into the image of Jesus Christ. Release your power to bring healing to the sick, freedom to the oppressed, and comfort to those who mourn. Fill us with compassion for the homeless and the hungry, for orphans, widows, and the elderly. Give us wisdom and insight for our world's problems. Help us to use the resources of the earth for the well-being of all. Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us. Lord Jesus Christ, you destroyed sin, conquered death, and defeated Satan. Remove the veil of darkness that covers the peoples. Restrain the evil that promotes violence and death. Deliver us from demonic oppression. Break the hold of slavery, tyranny, and disease. Help us to tear down strongholds and ideologies that resist the knowledge of God. Almighty God, deliver us from evil. King of glory, come and finish your work in our cities, 
our peoples, and our nations. From all continents and islands we cry, Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up ancient doors, so that the King of glory may come in. Come fill the earth with the knowledge of your glory as the waters cover the sea. The Spirit and the Bride say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. We also discover God through teaching from the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 reminds us that the Bible is inspired by God. And it is useful to teach us, to, to know what is true and what is right, and to make us realize when we are doing things that are incorrect in our lives and to change those things. So when we look at the Word of God each week, we trust that it is going to make a difference in our lives and incrementally change us to be more like Jesus. We discover God through the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper uses two very common everyday elements, bread and juice, or in some churches, wine. Now, by themselves, there's absolutely nothing special about these ingredients. You can buy them at the grocery store. In fact, that's what we do here. And we don't believe you have to be theologically trained to prepare the, the emblems or to carry the trays because Jesus is the one who is serving this meal to us. Luke records what Jesus did. He took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after the cup, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Jesus takes two very common physical elements and he offers them to us his body and his blood, broken and poured out for us, connecting us with him on a deep spiritual level. And as we celebrate each week, we are reminded, as Jesus said, of his love and his sacrifice, of his death, his, his burial, and his resurrection. We discover God through fellowship, if a neighbor says to you, hey, I'm, why don't we all get together? I'm going to cook some brats and some, some burgers, and uh, we'll just enjoy a time of fellowship. Now, if they say that to you, it's a dead giveaway that person is a Christian because nobody says that, right? Nobody says, hey, let's fellowship unless they're Jesus people. It's just kind of not a word we use a whole lot um, in our culture anymore. But it's the right word to use when we talk about what happens when we gather together on a Sunday morning or any other time. Because here's what Paul instructs us. Paul says, when you are a believer, when you are a Christian, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So God inhabits our lives. And Paul says, you are a member of the body of Christ. You are part of the church. And so... When we get together, there is a part of God in our midst that wouldn't be there if we were individually, if we were by ourselves. Does that make sense? So we actually have the presence of God with us 
when we are together, it is, is so much more than hanging out. It is the Spirit of God. It is the body of Christ together, a fellowship that is only possible in God. We also discover God through response. We may speak with one voice as we did just a few minutes ago in prayer. We may clap or raise our hands or close our eyes as we sing in worship to God. We respond to God as we share together in communion. We respond to God as we share in the time of teaching. We give tithes and offerings as a response to God's goodness and generosity and blessing in our lives. We respond to God when we look and see there are things that need to be changed. And we confess to him. And we say, God, I don't want to walk this direction anymore. I want to turn around, which the Bible calls repentance. And one of the most significant responses to God that we see in our corporate worship time is when someone is baptized, when they connect their, their, their lives with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And we who are observing this respond as well with rejoicing, just as the angels do in heaven. So these are just some of the ways that we as a body weekly remember and celebrate and practice the presence of God, seeking him and discovering that he is here with us and changes us a little bit at a time to be more like Jesus. There are obviously many other ways you can find God outside of the corporate worship service, and we need to practice those as well. And none of these, again, are, are magical. These are simply things that we do that position us so that God can connect with us and change our lives. Again, prayer and reading and studying the Bible are fundamental, absolutely fundamental. If you spend time with a mature Christian, you're going to know that they have been in prayer and Bible study. Some other things, some tools that God can use to help us in our spiritual formation are things like fasting or meditation, silence, solitude, confession, and serving one another. Those are all possibilities. Another tool that, honestly, I struggle with, and I think you guys probably do too because I know a lot of you, um, it's this idea of rest. God, when he created the world, six days of creation, and then on the seventh day, what did God do? He rested. God wasn't tired. <laughs> God was establishing a practice for us that is incredibly important for us physically and spiritually. A time of rest. A rhythm that is so hard for us to incorporate into our lives. I think rest is one of the most deeply overlooked and deeply needed things in our culture as Christians. It's probably true that at times the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. When you rest and you rest in God, you're saying, God, I'm not in control of this. 
I trust you. I turn it all over to you. I am at peace. I am content. And I am going to rest in you. And that's a hard place for us to get. So I think we would be wise to, to pursue God with some of these spiritual practices. Because again, they, they place us in a location that God can work and do transformation in our lives. This time of year is graduation time. And uh, it's such a joy to go to the graduation parties of the, uh, of the people that are graduating, especially from high school, and uh, just to celebrate with them and eat their incredibly great and generous amounts of food. like that part of it. As you... Uh, do the graduation card, you know, you, you get the card and you write something in it. I think the two most common verses are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Great verse for graduates. And also Jeremiah 21, or 29, 11, right? Now the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to harm you and <laughs> plans to harm you. <laughs> Brad, make a note. We need to edit that section right there. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, <laughs> plans to give you hope and a future. And I think that's a very popular verse for a reason. It, it makes a lot of sense. It provides a lot of hope. And what's interesting is if you continue in that passage in Jeremiah chapter 29, you see a parallel to the things that we just talked about with, with what Jesus said. Listen to these words, starting in verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places I have banished you, declares the Lord, and bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. The people here, they seek God, and they find him, and God opens the door for their restoration and their rescue. Two questions I think we need to ask ourselves today. First, do any areas of your life need restoration. Think about that. Is there a place in my life that really needs to be restored? Second, is there a place in your life from which you need to be rescued? You're stuck and there's nothing you can do except cry out to God and say, Lord, I need you to deliver me. If you have never given your life to God in surrender and submission and saying, Lord, please save me, then that's a great place to start. And today you have an opportunity. You can come forward and, and make that declaration. You can confess that you need him. You can say, Lord, again, I don't want to walk that direction anymore. I want to follow your path. You can submit to baptism and and connect with the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. Or maybe you simply want to pray or talk about something. Um, you have that opportunity as well.
And whether you come forward or not, all of us, again, need to ask these questions. Is there a place in my life that needs restoration? Is there a place from which I need to be rescued? See, as we sing the words to this song, it gives God an opportunity to respond. Because we can ask, and it will be given. We can seek, and we will find. We can knock, and the door will be opened to us. The greatest discovery of all is God. And when you find God, every time, you win. Let's stand.